for joining us at Soul Career. I'm Lysandra Ricketts, and today I'm talking with Tony Spence. Tony just finished a Soul Career course, and she's currently in transition from being head of strategy at Grace Kennedy, which is a conglomerate based in the Caribbean, to being a senior analyst for business development at MasterCard, which is a global company with operations in the Caribbean. Yes. Tony, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Lysandra. Uh, can't wait to tell your incredible story. She got the new job at MasterCard because of going through the Soul Career course. Definitely. So she's a great success story. I'm so excited to get her story out there. But let me start by asking you, Tony, what brought you to Soul Career to begin with? Well, Sandra, I have I've been working at Grace Kennedy for a number of years in the role of strategy for a number of years and. I actually love that job um, and I love the company. It's so warm, rich, the work was really interesting. Um, but I felt like I got to a plateau uh, personally. Um, I started to discover new facets of me, mm-hmm. of my, my what brings me joy. And so I started pursuing some of those things um, outside of work. Tell us a little bit about that. So I started a, um, what do we call it? A vlog mm-hmm. or a, you know, a YouTube channel yeah. with my sister and it's called Change Makers. And we bring financial empowerment to millennials. I like to think of it as being millennial money experts um, because it was a space that I had kind of self-taught myself mm-hmm. and I didn't find resources um, very accessible in the Caribbean or women who were even talking about money. So that was an area mm-hmm. that I started pursuing with my sister and um, it was, it's been fantastic. So when I thought about my professional life, I said, wow, I want the same kind of um, excitement. Yeah. You know, I wanted that excitement again. So I... Um, I met you, so I don't. I can't say that I even went out looking for career coaching or anything like that. But I ran into you, and you were telling me about you know this program, and I thought a sole career Mm -hmm. that's not even possible. Yeah. Um. So I'll be honest. I was a skeptic, (laughs) but. I knew that that's what I wanted, and I said, if it exists, I want to do what I can to try and achieve it. So I thought about it long and hard. Um, it's an investment, and I thought what really flipped it for me was I invest in so many other frivolous things mm-hmm. all the time. Why not invest in myself? And the thing that you said to me was, well, I buy hand- handbags that yes. cost all the yes. time. Yes. So it's just the cost of a handbag for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the ROI is going to be tremendously more. Ah. So um, so I decided to, to sign up. Mm-hmm. And I also decided, Lysandra, to do it 110%. Yes. That is so important because you have to do the exercises and do the work to get yes. the results. Yes, and it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, I believe in rigor. Yes. If I'm going to put a product out into the world, it has to have results. 
And I know what got me the results, what got mm-hmm. my brother the results, and mm-hmm. people that I've worked with one on one. So I had to put everything in there so that you could have the transformation yeah. at the end. Because it's not just about learning stuff for learning's sake, and mm-hmm. maybe one day you'll put it into implement it into your life. It's mm-hmm. about actually getting the result right out yes. of the course. Yeah. And four weeks after taking the course, you got an offer for yes. a new job at a higher salary, yes. but more soul as well. Yes. yes. So fantastic. And you know, another um, key thing, Lysandra, was um, doing. I wanted. In, this isn't going back to choosing to invest in soul career. Um, by now, you know, in my at this stage of my career, I'd done a lot of interviewing. I've written, you know, a professional resume. I've I've kind of been through the pieces. So it wasn't that I lacked knowledge of um, a career search and what it takes to to interview well and get that um, get that offer, but. I felt that I needed someone to hold me accountable mm-hmm. as I did the work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's initially what was my intention. So I, I felt like I was getting an accountability coach. Right. Um, and what I discovered was not only did I get accountability, but there were a lot of things that I didn't know. <laughs> I, perhaps I took it for granted that I knew a bit of it, but there was a depth to a lot of the topics that I gained a lot of new skill sets and started sharing with other people, mm-hmm. but I won't give them everything because they need to, to do the program. <laughs> but yeah, that was a key part for me, getting that accountability um, and not just feeling like it was about learning new skill sets. It was really the partnership that I was looking for. Right, and one of the things that I remember you saying during the course was the weekly group coaching was something that you found really useful. Fantastic. Why is that? Because you got to, um, we got to really dig deeper into what we were experiencing and even um, to hear the thoughts of others. Um, it, It really pushed what was in, it lifted it off the paper, I think. So when you added... Um, you know, your testimonials, you and Warren's testimonials are so powerful. And I think it really brought the content to life. And then to be able to share what I was struggling with as I was reading the content and you really saying, okay, well, Tony, you're doing too much of this or you need to do more of that in, in just how I was thinking. So the life coaching sessions are um, invaluable. Fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about your story. Um, so we know that at the point that you came to Soul Career, you were wanting to bring forth more creativity that was in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to dig deep into why did that disappear? Where did that go over the course of your career? That's a good question, Lysandra. Um, I think it just happens over time. I think it happens over time. I think you you master a certain area and um, there's a complacency, the routine of it just kind of um, overwhelms the creative side of you. Maybe you've tried to put forward some creative things and it didn't work and so you kind of lose uh, the energy. So um, I will also be honest Mm -hmm. and say I did not feel and it, it, it was my own, I was imposing it on myself. I don't think anyone was 
imposing it on me, but I felt like I could not be fully creative. Like mm-hmm. that would not be received mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an expectation of uh, a, a brand that I, I essentially, I think I created a brand that I believed is what the company and society and everything um, needed me to be and it's it didn't include that creative side of me that's so interesting so you're a dancer Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit more about that creative side that got um oppressed or suppressed yeah uh you're a dancer you like acting you have this stage presence so so where did that come from what tell us the journey of that as a child yeah um I, I, at prep school, a dance teacher came and they said they were going to offer classes and I just said, I want to do that. And no inkling, no, I didn't grow up seeing dance. Um, and that was about eight years old. And I, I did that for a long time through high school, um, and university and a little bit in my early professional life. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, work overwhelms you and you think that there is no space. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early days of working, I made time to do it, yeah. and it got tiring. Yeah, It got tiring, and um, it's like the gym. Once you stop going, mm-hmm. it's hard to get back on it. Um, so, you know, a couple of years ago, I, again, just thinking about my whole self, and I knew that I wasn't, realizing my full potential i said i want to get back into the arts and doing that led me Mm. to change makers as you said the dancing led me to acting Mm. and it's just been my world has just like blown up Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the last few years and yeah i suppressed it yeah i didn't allow it um because i have been able to do the creative things even with no changing my job. Right. You know, I just made space for it and I found it energized yeah. me. So I wasn't losing energy. Yeah. It was energizing me to do to do the nine to five. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, that's something that I don't think I want to let go of again. Yeah. Okay, so I am curious to know your professional trajectory. Mm-hmm. What did you study in college? Where did you go to college? Mm-hmm. I know you were living in New York at mm-hmm. one point before mm-hmm. you came back to the Caribbean. So start us then in college. What did you decide to do? I went to Middlebury College in a little town called Middlebury, Vermont. <laughs> um, it's a liberal arts college yeah. with like 1,000 people, students, um, and a black population of 10. (laughs) Um, But Middlebury was a fantastic experience. It's a very creative place. Very creative, and that's why I think I was drawn to it. I was able to do Russian literature and dance and, you know, my computer science courses. So I ultimately studied um, computer science and Spanish. Um, I lived in Spain for, I did my junior fall semester in Spain. Hold on, I did junior year in Spain. I lived in Spain for a year in my third year in college. Where in Spain were you? I lived off of Gran Villa. Which in Madrid. Madrid. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was in mm-hmm. Seville. Oh. But I love Spain. Oh my God. Yeah, I cried when I left. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. We'll have to talk more yes, about that. Yes. Okay, but go back. So Middlebury so, gave you all these. Um, yeah. Middlebury really showed me I could do anything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the value of that education for mm-hmm. sure. 
um, and you know, it's time to get a career, time to get a job. I really had no intention of living in the US, um, but we were offered a year to work. So I... Because you were an international was, student on a visa. Yes, right. exactly. So the career office um, said, oh, you know, there's an investment bank looking for a woman in technology. And I was like, what am I going to do at the investment bank? Mm -hmm. Because I had done no econ, no kind right. of coursework. Um, but I, I really wasn't knowledgeable of the company at all. So, um, but they were flying me out there. I said, sure, mm. I'll go. And I went, anyway, long story short, I interviewed. I accepted a position there in um, their technology division, which supported the private wealth management business. So are you willing to say what company this was? Yes, so that was Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, Goldman so Sachs. she went from Middlebury, art degree, Spanish, <laughs> yes. living in Spain, into yes. the investment bank on Wall Street in New York, Goldman Sachs, yes. supporting private wealth. Right, so right. I did that for two years, and I saw that there were gonna be some changes in terms of technology was evolving, and a lot of things were, becoming remote and the, the track was, I would have to have taken a software programming track, which at that point I said, I don't want to be in a room coding day and night and not interacting with people. So I looked around at my network at the time and I'd made a lot of relationships in private wealth management, right? Because I was supporting them and engaging. And there was a position that became vacant for an analyst on one of the desks. And I just kind of raised my hand and said, hey, mm -hmm. I don't know anything about finance, but I love engaging with people and I'm, I'm going to work harder than anyone else. And of course, you know, I'm bright, so I can learn anything you need me to know. And, um, you know, that team, my partner, Greg Hocamp, he gave me a shot. And I stayed on that desk for seven years. I started wow. as an analyst and I left as a VP. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, fantastic experience. Uh, we supported ultra high net worth clients. And then um, again, I got a, I got a little agitation um, about home. Um, I would have been older now and my priorities started to shift. Mm -hmm. um, I'd given everything to that job and uh, I mean Goldman is a fantastic, fantastic company. It's really one of the best in the world. Um, but my priorities were shifting and I said, you know, I want to build the Caribbean. Um, mm. And this, I made a plunge and I, I came home in 2011. Okay, let's pause there so that I can recap everything you just said. <laughs> so you were an artist, a creative, that buck-ups ended up <laughs> in, in finance yeah. at Goldman Sachs, Wall Street, New York yeah. City, seven years in private wealth. Yes. And in tw around the time of the recession, actually, right? Yes, yes, yes. You, a huge learning experience. Right. Yeah. I'm sure it was. You decided that you needed more mission. Yes. You needed a mission and you wanted to do what you were doing in New York, but for the Caribbean. Yes. I, well, I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do in the Caribbean. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just knew I needed to go. Yes. Um, so naturally, I think the next step was an MBA. 
So I opted to do the MBA here in Jamaica at UWA. And I was going to use that time as like my figure it out time okay. as to what the next yes. step would be. Um, and during that, that coursework, I, you know, we did strategy courses and I said, wow, I kind of just love the variety of it and the questioning and the curiosity yeah. um, of strategy really appealed to me. So I started interviewing for those roles and that's what launched me, you know, we can just fast forward. I ended up at Grace Kennedy right. doing, doing strategy. So when you were making that decision to leave New York City to come back to Jamaica, to leave this job you had been in for seven years. I've been at the Branson Center for seven years mm -hmm. at this point, oh, mm -hmm. right? So that decision is not easy no. because there's a comfort level that you yes. have. You're around wealth, you're yes. in private wealth. Yes. You are in New York City, the heartbeat of yes. the US. I'm biased, so don't hold that against <laughs> me, right? So that decision point, how did you end up making the decision that is so hard for so many people to make? Um, Lissandra, it's funny that you put it that way. I guess so. Yeah. But honestly, at the time, it was very clear. Mm. It was very clear. Um, I'm a woman of faith and I felt very strongly that that's what the Lord wanted me to do next. Mm. Um, people told me I was flat out crazy. Mm -hmm. um, told me straight, you know, yeah. you're crazy. Yeah. You're not going to be happy. It's gave me a thousand reasons not to do it, but I felt so clear despite not really knowing what I was going to do. Because there comes a, a point in my life, Lysandra, where the frustrations kind of exceed um, the benefits, yeah. right? So even though I loved my team, I loved the company, I loved New York, I wanted to make impact. I wanted to be around the people that made me the person I was um, and I wanted to influence conversations that were happening in the Caribbean because we were always talking about Jamaica yeah right we would get together and we would talk and we would say we're gonna fix it we would mm -hmm. do this we would do that and I said we can't talk about it and not participate so and that inflection point is a point where so many people decide to start looking for a soul career mm -hmm. where they want to have a bigger mission a bigger impact that, that they're having in their current role yes and where they know that there's something in them that needs to be birthed and if you reject that call or avoid or ignore when that feeling starts arising within you, it leads to long-term unhappiness. Yes. And it leads to a suppression of something in yourself that we're all here to birth something in our lives, mm -hmm. right? And if mm -hmm. we suppress that, it really suppresses ourselves and kills something really important inside ourselves. I completely agree. And I, and I want people to know um, it took me three years before the, between the time I mentally decided to move back home and actually was on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> it was about two to three years. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Because, That's important. Um, it's a wrestling. Yeah. It's a wrestling. But eventually, I think the, the call and the urge um, will become too much. Mm -hmm. um, and so you just have to kind of give in and flow with it. So 
Oh, I have no regrets. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And we're glad. Well, Jamaica is glad that you came back and that I came back, right? <laughs> yes, I hope so. I hope so. So you came back. You did an MBA um, at the University of the West Indies yes. here. And you ended up really liking strategy and ended up in a job at Grace Kennedy. Yes. So how long have you been at Grace Kennedy now to this point? It, this will be six years. And what is the Isn't that interesting? Have like a six, seven year itch. Seven year itch. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. gets it apparently. Yeah. Relationships and jobs. Really? <laughs> so six years in, what are all the things that you've learned about yourself mm -hmm. working at Grace? That there is more in me than I knew. Yeah. And my ability to influence is greater than I knew. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, Grace Ken is a very nurturing environment. And I think having come from New York, coming with those skill sets, people are hungry to, to know how it's done elsewhere and to get new ideas and innovation and new ways of thinking. And so I was able to bring that to the organization. And so my ability to influence, my ability to lead, mm -hmm. um, it's really where I, I tapped into leadership as well. Um, yes. And, and yeah, I think it just stretched me. It took me to another level of um, ownership and I, but kind of just scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. So I think now my, my jump is to, is to fully jump into ownership and building something from the ground up, right? Mm -hmm. Grace is a mature company. So all our business lines, um, you know, we have, the, we had a benefit of, of working in the success of something mm -hmm. that other people had built. Um, and just about, you know, maintaining, taking it to the next level. But I think now what's creating that next jump for me is I want to, I want to build it from the ground up and yeah. really own it. And we see that with change makers as well, yes. the YouTube channel that you created, where creativity doesn't necessarily have to come out as you being an artist or being a dancer or an actress, mm -hmm. although you have all of those mm -hmm. in you. It can also come out with you creating something of value in the world right. and yes. delivering... <laughs> That's, I like my summary. Yes, you're on point. <laughs> and really birthing something that comes from your mind and and something that's valuable for other people to learn from your experiences. Mm -hmm. So personal finance is an area that a lot of people, even people who have studied finance, yes. struggle with because yes. it's not really taught. Mm -hmm. More people are teaching it now, mm -hmm. but when we were in school, it wasn't really Definitely. taught. So how did you and your, I'm interested in how you and your sister came together and came up with this idea. Because um, Warren yeah. and I, my brother and I, yeah. created Soul Career oh, together. That's true. Right? That's true. So yeah. how did you um, Me and my sister are extremely close. So my sister uh, started a new job with Statucor mm -hmm. as a financial advisor after spending um, many years as an entrepreneur running her own clothing line. Right. So you see the creativity. Yeah, she was a fashion designer. That's yes. how I know her. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously she needed to, she was strategizing about ways to build her client base mm -hmm. and she's had, but now started interacting with a few potential clients. And she said to me one day that she was so surprised at how, um, few people knew what a budget, not knew what a budget, but had a budget yeah. because that's the pro 
their process is they start with let's talk about your budget so we can decide right. what's affordable, you know, um, what kind of policy would be affordable. And she said, Tony, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know what their budget is. And she knew my personal finance practices, mm -hmm. right? So she knew every month Tony's going to sit down at her laptop and go through her budget. So, um, and I'd always been preaching that to her. Yeah. Um, so she said, yeah, Tony, there's a lot of people who don't know. And I said, I said, I've been experiencing that even with my girlfriends mm -hmm. and just regular conversations. People didn't understand how a credit card worked or um, how did you... Um, so I had purchased my own um, co-op in New York at 25 and they would be like, how what? did you do that? What did that? you talk about that? How did you do that? <laughs> so, so those are the questions that I was personally yeah. getting and um, I've always just kind of thrown out little things here and there to people. But I said, Jamie, I think we should formalize this and really bring some of the basics to mm -hmm. millennials in particular. Yeah. Um, of course, anybody is welcome to, to experience it, but we wanted to have a focus. So that's how it started. And yeah. we said, let's just use a phone and let's just set up a light and start talking and see what, put it out there and see what, what happens. And the response has really been tremendous. Yeah. Um, people want to do one-on-ones with us mm -hmm. and they, uh, there are so many, there's so many people really struggling yes. um, because either they've made poor financial decisions yeah. because of lack of knowledge, not out of, um, you know, just not being able to, to make a decision, but lack of knowledge, there's mm -hmm. poor financial decisions and now they need help as to how do I overcome it and how do I really so, thrive? I think this story is really important for why and how you chose the new path that you're on. Yes. So coming out of the course, well, actually, week five of the course is mm -hmm. taking action, setting up coffee chats mm -hmm. with people in the industry that you're interested in. And week two of the course is doing meditations. Mm -hmm. And week one was law of attraction, attracting things to you, mm -hmm. but also taking action. Mm -hmm. So all of these things combine to a very yes. magical moment that happened to you while you were doing the course. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so while doing the course, um, I received a call um, and the opportunity was presented. And what was interesting, Lissandra, too, was you had us do um, like, uh, you know, goals. What would be the goal for the... And this was very early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kept complaining, oh, but I don't know. What, you haven't told mm -hmm. me what I should be doing yet. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we write in goals? Um, but I did say, you know, the one thing that kept coming up for me was I, I wanted to work with a global company. Yeah. Um, yeah, considering my background and, mm -hmm. and all of that. So when I got the call and they said, you know, this is the entity, I was like, but this is exactly what I want to do. Well, let's be very specific. So a friend of yours called you yes. who was working at MasterCard yes. and he said, out of the blue, you didn't reach out to no. him. He just called no. you up and said, I think you should come work at MasterCard. Exactly. So tell us that story. Yeah. I mean, that's, what it was. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. And yeah. I was like, and so we talked about the opportunity, about the role, um, why I would be a good fit. And um, yeah, it just perfectly aligned with, with what we had been discussing yeah. in the coursework. And, and that's, and that's the, 
that's the the magic of it yeah. right that's the juice of it so and a light bulb went off in your head because when you came to Seoul Korea you weren't looking for a new job no, you wanted exactly, to stay at Grace exactly, Kennedy exactly. and you came to Seoul Korea in order to make your job at Grace Kennedy into your Seoul career exactly. not to find a new one that's correct <laughs> But Correct. somebody called you out of the blue and started speaking the language that you had yes. written down in the yes. course. You <laughs> and that is what turned yeah. on a light bulb for you. Like, oh my gosh, I really need to explore yes. this opportunity. Yes. No, exactly. Um, in fact, you're going to, you know, in the course, we do tests, personality tests yeah. and, and things like that. And they were saying that I love my job. Yeah. You know, there were motivators and certain elements, but it said I love my job. And that's why we had talked about just refashioning and, and that was kind of how we were working towards right. bringing my creative self to the corporate side, creating that blend. So yeah. to have received this kind of um, offer was tremendous. MasterCard also is a company that um, is driven, its mission is a cashless society and it believes that by bringing more people into the financial um, sphere will improve society overall and a big part of that. So that's really the financial inclusion um, thrust that is happening in Jamaica, the Caribbean and really globally. How do we empower people with information and tools so that they can participate in the formal financial mm -hmm. sector and really benefit from a lot of the things that you and I take for granted in trying to attain wealth and create um, a future for generations. Right, and I think it was really important for us to dive into your change maker story mm -hmm. because now we're seeing an integration of the change maker side of exactly. yourself with the head of strategy at Grace Kennedy side of yourself and joining those two parts of you into this new job at exactly. MasterCard. Exactly. And it reminds me of when you were going through the course and some personal coaching that I did with you on mm -hmm. your personal mission statement. Yes. So in week three of the course, we have everyone write down a personal mission statement. And Tony spent like seven hours <laughs> writing down Literally. Hers. Literally. Ten. Ten. <laughs> and she came up with someone who was so corporate and analytical and financial. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't see all of you in yes. this. I just see one very narrow view of you. Yes. And I was like, Tony, yes. you have to bring in the other stuff too if this is your personal yes. mission statement. So yes. what happened next? So, and again, it's because it was my mindset, yeah. right, Alessandra, that I had to I had to compartmentalize. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you showed that to me and then you said, Tony, I'm going to... I'm going to help you through this <laughs> and you you reworked it and you actually just took the same content that I had I was reflecting on it you took the same content and you just made it into this new thing that I think I said wow this is me you know? well I took that content you had written and what I was seeing on your YouTube channel mm -hmm. from change makers mm -hmm. and tried to combine them into one mission yeah. Right, and that was a light bulb moment for you. Totally. I remember I was driving and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. Because it totally, and that was, you know, I mean, it's a point I, I don't think I'll forget because it's suddenly like, wow, well, I see myself. Yeah. yeah. I see myself. Wow. Right. That's powerful. And it's powerful. So. 
And you. then now when the MasterCard opportunity came to you, you could filter and say, is this aligned with the self that I created Correct. through this course? Correct. Correct. And how did it start checking all the boxes for you? So definitely we talked earlier about um, want, me wanting to create something and the opportunity is you know around business development and it's about taking what they offer and and tailoring it to our market so being able to really drive that in a direct way appealed to everything that we had been talking mm -hmm. about creation um mm -hmm. accountability um autonomy you know and influencing decision makers um, so that really appealed to me. Um, even the startup nature of the venture um, appealed to kind of that wanting to break out of, you know, the very rigid, monotonous kind of routine lifestyle that, you know, I had kind of gotten into in my routine work environment. So the startup nature of it appealed to me also. Um, and finally, that I could even share that part of myself to the team and they embraced it mm -hmm. you know so i'm excited to see how more how much more i can parlay um, that into the role itself so literally four weeks after you finished the course you got an offer from mastercard yes yes so the last thing i want to touch on is mm -hmm. the negotiations because mm -hmm. tony's personality test show <laughs> us that she is very much a team player yes harmony conflict free yes. you know that's her true self but now you have to go into this negotiation mm -hmm. where you have to stand up for yourself and what you want mm -hmm. so how did that feel inside for you <laughs> awful. <laughs> awful but but so satisfying yeah. um i knew what i wanted i said it without reservation and um you know they came back not exactly where i wanted and i went into panic mode mm -hmm. and honestly i went into panic mode mm -hmm. but you all you know you said it's you know stay firm you should know um and you will go through the techniques of negotiation so i held on to that despite my panic mm -hmm. um and you know fortunately it's we were able to come to a place of mutual agreement um, but the negotiation part was very, was more emotional and nerve-wracking yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and I, because I'd always, in every other role, I just kind of accepted the first, the first offer. Mm -hmm. Always. <laughs> always. Um, A lot of women do that. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So um, I'm proud that I was able to really overcome that, um, particularly through some of the techniques that we talked about. Right, because in week six, it's all about negotiations and getting the offer that you mm -hmm. want um, and then preparing for success in your new role. Yes, right? Yes. Okay, so Tony, oh my gosh, you're a real success story for your career. But even outside of that, your story and your journey and going to New York and coming back and going full hundred into being a, a financial analyst and strategy person and then coming back from that and incorporating more of your soul and more of your creativity, this whole journey and you're still in it, right? Yes. This is just one totally. step, one other step and you're going to 
change and grow even through this position. Yes. Yes. But the whole point of a soul career journey is just keep listening to your inner navigation mm -hmm. system, mm -hmm. those inner feelings that come up and say it's time to do something mm -hmm. else, and then take aligned action with a plan mm -hmm. so that you can maintain your quality of life yes. and yes. end up somewhere where you're more satisfied, yes. more self-actualized, mm -hmm. and hopefully more money too. Yes. <laughs> and Lissandra, one of the key things I took away from our time was you don't need to be different, a different person in different um, areas of your yeah. life. Yeah. You can mm -hmm. always bring your whole self to everything. Yes. And it's about believing that truly. And once you've removed the limiting belief that that's not possible, everything becomes available to you. So, Woo! I love that. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for joining us today. I thought this was an incredible conversation yes. with Tony Spence. And if you want to know more about the course, you can sign up for our mailing list on soulcareer.com. And we will be interviewing more stories and hearing more stories from people who have found the courage to yes. follow their soul mm -hmm. career path. So thank you, Tony. Thank you, Lissandra. And to Warren. <laughs> and Warren. <laughs> and thank you guys again. Bye.